It's chaos. It's a different type of Sunday scary. It's your newest obsession. It's Dirty Driving, a Formula One podcast. We're the Hornsby sisters. I'm Katie. And I'm Megan. It's science, then Norris, and then comes the Williams of George Russell. Oh my God, did we have a phenomenal start to this race on Sunday. We were in Sochi where we saw Lewis Hamilton take his 100th F1 victory. We saw a heartbreak for Lando Norris, and even better yet, we saw brave moves, late rain, and huge gambles that were taken from every single driver and constructor on the grid. So let's get into another episode of Dirty Driving. And we are doing our first race recap of this season with Sochi, Russia. We're also going to have a special guest, Chris Khan, my good F1 friend, where we just we just talk about how we got into F1 and a little bit about silly season. So let's jump right in with the start of the weekend, Thursday, media day. And let me tell you, Media Day was full of drama this week because we're coming off of the Monza incident between Max Verstappen and Lewis Hamilton, where Max Verstappen's car went over the top of Lewis Hamilton's and they both did not finish the race. So obviously the media had some questions for both of those wonderful gentlemen. And it started like this with Lewis Hamilton saying, I have no doubts that we will continue to be professional and learn from the past. It's important that we continue to race hard, but fair. And that's what he said in response to being asked about the pressure that Max must be facing dealing with this intense race to the driver's championship win. And when Max was asked to comment about Lewis's response, he ironically stated, yeah, I am so nervous I can barely sleep. I mean, it's so horrible to fight for a title. I really hate it. He went on to say, these comments, it just shows you that he doesn't really know me, which is fine. I also don't need to know him, how he is. I'm very relaxed about all those things, and I really can't be bothered. I'm very chilled. Oof. It, it, it got spicy on Thursday, which led into this dramatic Friday where we found out that three of our drivers were going to be taking power unit penalties and starting at the back of the grid. It started with Charles Leclerc and Ferrari, who decided that they were going to take a new power unit element, which is going to allow them to gather data for the 2022 hybrid power unit, which, you know, he gets our first grid penalty. Nicholas Latifi also took a new power unit, giving him a grid penalty. And then we saw Max Verstappen take a new power unit, which Max Verstappen and Red Bull knew that they were going to need a new power unit. And they were facing the three-place grid penalty from that Monza incident. So this action of combining an off-track penalty and an on-track penalty was questioned by some to see if it was you know, fair and if it's really teaching Max and the drivers to follow the rules, while others say it was good strategy. And let me tell you, we have tons of strategy to talk about today once we get to the race. But before we do, we've got a couple more things. One being that due to some mechanical issues, Daniel Ricardo was actually using an 
old power unit in FP2. This one incident occurred where Lewis Hamilton actually pulled a Lance Stroll and bumped into his front jackman. And if you're unaware about what a jackman is, during a pit stop, the car obviously has to be jacked up so the tires can be taken off and removed. And there's a jackman at the front and the rear of the car. And due to some braking issues, Lewis came in a little too hot, bumped him, he fell. Luckily, all is okay. Lewis apologized and said that, you know, that's the first time he had done it in, I think, like 10 or 15 years. So luckily, he's all good, but definitely something to mention. FP3 was canceled due to the rain. So on Saturday, we went straight into qualifying where we got Lando Norris on pole position, which is his best ever qualifying. And in the front row for the race, we were next to his old McLaren teammate, Carlos Sainz, who landed P2 also his best qualifying finish. And so those two made up the front row of the race. George Russell gambled huge in Q3 and signaled pretty much everyone on the grid that it was time to switch tires over to slicks because it was getting too wet. With Mercedes, we saw a little bit too late of a reaction and Lewis Hamilton actually hit the pit lane entry wall on the way in, damaging his front wing and preventing his teammate Valtteri Bottas from coming in to change tires as well. So it basically just delayed the drivers and they weren't able to get slicks on as quick. And so they ended up in P4 for Lewis and, and P7 for Valtteri. So before we get into the race itself, I want to talk about how Winning a Grand Prix is basically like winning a game of chess, and I'm not that great at chess, and I think I would be pretty decent at winning a Grand Prix, but we're not probably going to get an answer to that anytime soon. (laughs) So the reason why I say it is like a game of chess is because in order to be really good, you simply need to know all the moves. You need to know all the strategies, and you need to know what is available for you to win. Just like chess, Formula One isn't just moving the pieces or driving around the track. It's it's having this pocket full of strategies that you're able to like whip out and adapt to no matter what happens. And that was thoroughly needed on Sunday during our Grand Prix because it was a wet race. And let me tell you, wet races are crazy. I mean, just this year in Spa, we saw that the race was canceled you know we had our shortest race of the year and going into a wet race you have to have even more strategy than you do you know going into a regular dry race and when we talk about strategies it comes down to a couple different things one of them is pit stops is it going to be a one stop is it going to be a two stop are we going to pit early are we going to pit late Another one that you got to think about is what tires are we using? Are we going to start with hard or medium? Are we ending with soft? Uh, And then, you know, again, this weekend, what if it's wet? Are we staying on our slicks? Are we going our intermediates? There, There, you know, all of these questions get asked and reviewed for hours before we get into the race. In addition, you know, the teams have to think about what is their initial plan of attack? You know, for Carlos Sainz in second place, is he going to the left? Is he going to try to get ahead of Lando Norris before lap one, when is he going to make his move? And then finally, you know, we saw, especially with this weekend, we've got all these pre-race penalties. And we actually had another driver decide to upgrade their power unit, which was Valtteri Bottas. It was questioned with maybe Bottas taking a power unit and starting near the back of the grid. 
would he be able to hold up Max so that Lewis could focus on getting his 100th win? As we saw, he did not do such a great job on holding Max up, but Lewis still got the win. Basically, the winners and losers of this race came down to one piece of strategy and one piece of strategy alone. And it all came down to the last five laps of this race. The last five laps made or break whether or not you are a winner or a loser in Sochi. And every team responded differently. So we're going to jump into Ferrari, who had a winner in Carlos Sainz and a loser in Charles Leclerc. And the reason behind that is, again, based on the timing and the reactive strategy that Carlos Sainz had when it came to switching his tires over. Um, He was one of the first ones to do it and his tire management the whole race in addition to you know that switch allowed him to take p3 and if you would have asked me at the beginning of this weekend if i thought signs was going to take a podium i would have said no that was kind of uh, out of nowhere you know i really thought he was starting p2 but with ferrari's ish- with ferrari's car really still not being up to ferrari standard i thought mclaren and mercedes were going to beat him out so and Red Bull. So I'm really excited for him that he got yet another podium this year. He is performing so well at Ferrari. Which leads us to his teammate, Charles Leclerc, who was one of the ones to start at the back of the grid. And that compounded with his late movement to his inter tires, simply left him sliding all over the place, which then he slipped out of the points and landed in P16, which does not prove to be great points. It proves to be actually no points for the Ferrari constructors fight for third place against McLaren. And this brings us into something that is, I think, very unique to Formula One. I'm not sure if any other sport has circumstances that allow for listening into the strategy that other teams are taking cheating and like this ability to listen into the other strategies is basically sanctioned and institutionalized. We saw a little mishap happen. Daniel Ricciardo was in third and Lewis Hamilton was right behind him. It, it was about that point in the race where some pit stops are about to occur. So we see Mercedes pit crew emerge from the garage and they're saying, hey, you know, we're going to pit box box to Lewis. And so McLaren's like, okay, this is our time. This is our time to pit so that Daniel has a chance of still being ahead of Lewis after the tire switch. And what happened was Daniel comes in and Lewis is nowhere to be found in the pit lane. He's still out on the track. So it was kind of like a fake out. And I don't know if it was intentional by Mercedes or what, but at the end of Daniel Ricciardo's pit stop, he came out behind Lewis Hamilton. Um, however, Daniel did a phenomenal job and switched over to the inter tires at the perfect time and landed with a P4 finish. And I think if it was not for that, you know, fake out and him going in and then during that pit stop, he actually had, you know, a long, he had a long stop pit stop, which was unfortunate and it probably cost him a podium i really could have seen him being in p3 if not for that fake out and that long pit stop so our our loser of mclaren which ties in with our winner of lewis hamilton is basically this 
this whole thing, again, that came down to choosing the right tires within the last five laps of the race. So let me set the scene for you. Let me paint, let me paint you a picture of what was going on. Lando Norris, absolute beast, commanding the race. He led for over, he led for 30 laps with, with Lewis Hamilton at his rear for most of them. And he just did, he did a phenomenal job, but ultimately he lost out on his first ever win due to making a call and basically dismissing his team's decision, suggestion to come in and switch to Inters. So Valtteri Bottas from Mercedes kind of cued to everyone like, hey, the rain is starting again. It's I'm ready to switch to Inters, which then caused Mercedes to have Lewis Hamilton come in and pit and put Inters on. And at first, Lewis was like, no, I don't want to. It's not, I'm not ready yet. But Valtteri was on the other side of the circuit and saying like, hey, it's wet. The rain's here. It's time to make the switch. So Lewis originally denies. And so does McCl- so does Lando. Lando's like, no, I'm not coming in. And Lando's doing, you know, I, I get it. Lando doesn't want to lose his place. You know, he doesn't want to let Lewis get in front of him because I think if Lewis got in front of Lando, I'm not sure the McLaren could have beat out the Mercedes. A couple more laps, a lap or two more goes by and Mercedes is like, no, Lewis, get in here. So Lewis goes in and switches to an switches to the inter tires the intermediate tires and lando says nope i'm not coming in and basically dismisses again dismisses the decision and so we see lando slipping and sliding all over the track and eventually he slides off lewis comes out with his new new tires takes first place lando ekes his way back to the pit lane switches to enters and we saw him finish in p7 i just think it's so important because to talk about this because it it comes down to that strategy it comes down to having those things in the back of your pocket and ready to go and not only having them ready but having the driver and the team be on the same page and there's been a lot of questions as to why claren didn't overrule lando and say no you need to come in and we're switching you to enters um, and i think it truly just came down to you know, Lando's in his third year of driving in F1. Like, that is still a very young driver in in the realm of F1. And so I think at the end of the day, what we can chalk this up to is a young driver mistake and, you know, strategy not being on point in McLaren where it was in Mercedes. And in the post-race interviews, we even see Lewis and Lando have a little moment in an interview where... Lewis is like, yeah, like I said no to them too. I was like, I didn't want to come in. And Lando was like, yeah, but you eventually did and I didn't. The The winners and losers of this race came down to which tires they were on. And for Lewis, he got a winner. And for Lando, he did not. Lewis's teammate, Valtteri, who was, again, the one to warn everybody, ended up in fifth place. He switched his tires just after Lewis and he did a decent job of getting up there and getting some good points for Mercedes. All right, similar to a couple other of the drivers on the grid, Sergio Perez was unfortunately one of the other losers of Sochi and it was due to 
Just an extremely unlucky call to have him switch over to Inters. He pitted about two laps after his teammate Max, and he ultimately fell all the way back to ninth place, only scoring two points for himself and for the Constructors' Cup. Which allows us to finally talk about the ultimate winner of Sochi, which was Max Verstappen, because Max... Even with his grid penalty, even with his power unit change and starting in 20th, battled his way up to second place. He did a phenomenal drive. He probably should have won driver of the day. Lando won driver of the day. That's a fan vote. But Max really showed that he knew what he was doing, that Red Bull knew that knew what they were doing, and their strategy was on point. He was seventh when that last minute rain hit. And he made the quick switch to his intermediate tires, and he battled his way from 7th to 2nd with 5 laps left. I think that just goes to show you that Max is in it to fight, and Max deserves to be in this fight with Lewis. I think, you know, when you're going up against the greatest of all time, we thought Max was going to win a championship when he was... 21. He just turned 24. So I I don't know. I just think that when you take a look at his driving and what Red Bull has accomplished, they deserve to be in this fight. They they deserve to be in this title fight. And I'm excited to see where the season goes with the two of them. I, I simply have to talk about our Fernando Alonso, who knew exactly what he was doing and maybe that's because he's a a veteran of the sport and he got on his inters pretty early and he took his his best finish for this season for the 2021 season in sixth place and then oh another heartbreak Antonio Giovinazzi of Alfa Romeo did not have a radio the whole entire race and you know that's one of the most important things to be able to communicate with your team to to figure out when we're going to pit, what tires we're using, what the conditions of the track are, you know, what the people on the pit wall can see, you know, that's heartbreaking. It's definitely a lesson learned for every team that, you know, having your radio is one of the most important things, which I think is why at the end of the day, the the winner is Sochi itself. We had a phenomenal race with, you know, we had a Lewis, a Max and a Carlos Sainz finish. And Danny Rick in fourth place. So it was incredible. We also had Valtteri in fifth and Alonso in sixth with Lando finishing in seventh. And I would have to say that Sochi was what Spa was supposed to be. We got our wet race of the season and it was phenomenal. And you know what? I'm looking forward to next year in Sochi. I'm I'm looking forward to it and I'm, in, I'm excited to see where we're going to go with that. But at the end of the day, it came down to tire decisions giving us a phenomenal race, which is part of strategy. And another part of strategy is choosing which drivers you have on your team. So let's get into our guest, Chris, where we talk about how I got into Formula One. And we also talk about Silly Season. If you don't know what silly season is, it is the time period of the season where drivers and constructors are announcing who they're going to race for next year and who's going to be racing for them. And it's called silly season because it honestly, it's silly. It's silly how quick these announcements happen. It's crazy how drama unfolds. This year was super short in comparison to that last year of silly season, but we have multiple contracts ending at the end of this year. As we know, we have Valtteri Bottas going to Alfa Romeo. George Russell is coming to Mercedes. 
Kimi Raikkonen is retiring. We have people staying and re-signing contracts in their own teams. It was it was quick this year. So Chris and I are going to get into a little bit of that. And you're also going to hear how I got into Formula One in the first place. How you decided to be a fan of Formula One? Mm, no, I was like, it's just sick. It's just sick. It's just sick. What, what's your favorite part about it? I was actually talking to... Someone at work today. It's such an easy sport to get into. Are you recording? Yeah, you Damn it. <laughs> you got me. I did get you. Um, because it's like, it's the only sport where there's literally 20 people. And, which makes it a cutthroat sport. It's elite. Yes. I would, I would argue that it's probably the most elite sport someone could be a part of. Yes. In the sense of like difficulty. To get into? Is that what you're saying? Yeah. I also think performance, too. Especially being, like, worldwide. It kind of blows my mind that, like... I mean, sure, there's, like, giant fans in Europe and Brazil, other areas. But it's, like, it's a true global sport, which is pretty unique. Like, to have that traveling circus or whatever they call it it's kind of kind of crazy and like there are drivers from multiple different nations mm-hmm. they race in multiple different nations very easy to get into because you're exactly right you have 20 players mm-hmm. you have 20 drivers 10 teams mm-hmm. you know I can name every single one of them right now mm-hmm. I can name probably where they're from I could probably pull out their girlfriend or wife's name (laughs) i could tell you how many seasons they've been in i could tell you their teams that they've been a part of and i've only been a fan since 2019 yeah everyone has an some idea of what f1 is most people i talk to yeah they say oh like nascar and i'm like no no i'm like let's try again look at a nascar driver like, big fat guy. <laughs> and then look at a Formula One driver and tell me that's the same. Tell me they, <laughs> tell me they do the same thing. Tell me they, they are the same level of athlete. Do you think... You've watched Drives Survive, obviously. Do you think you would feel the same now? Be as into it without the series? No, because... I don't know if you, if I ever told you how I got into F1. Dime, tell me. Our friend Tina, our mutual, that's how Chris and I met. Teeny. Teeny. Yeah. I call her teen, Tina. And my other friend Katie, who you know, yep. went to Monaco for my 21st birthday. Oh. While we were all okay. studying abroad. This is way out does my story. Yeah, I think it does outdo your story. But um, we were in Monaco for my 21st birthday. We're walking around. We, you know, you go to the casino. Yeah. You know, you do what you do. You look at the boats. You're like, holy fucking shit, this is amazing. And yeah. while we were there, they were setting up for the Grand Prix. And I obviously, like, when you think Monaco, I think the first thing you think is the car race like the grand prix like everyone knows that it's so it's a celebrity one if you don't know you know it yeah you think you know it 
It's in Iron Man 2. It's in Cars <laughs> 2. Like, okay. I'm sure there's a, a bunch of other movies that... I, oh, I know what this is, and I took a picture of it, like, mm. of the grandstand, like, right in the bay. Mm-hmm. Got back to our little Airbnb that night, and everybody's passed out, ready, and I'm like... Googling Formula One. I'm like, tell me everything there is to know about it. I find Drive to Survive. And only one season was out because this was in 2019. So the first season about the 2018 season was out. And I stayed up all night. We are in. We are. It's my birthday weekend. We have plans the next day. I don't care. I found Formula One and I am invested. (laughs) I binge watch the whole season. Uh-huh. And I'm the next morning. I'm like, we have to get a capucho. <laughs> <laughs> like, I'm not gonna make it, everybody. I took a nap on the beach the next day, um, but since that moment, I fell in love. So you just like had the bug. I I but didn't know. I didn't know. I feel like it's just something cool. And like I've been and a fan of other sports, that. sport like I had with like how I am with F1. Mm-hmm. The races are at eight a.m. here. Yeah. I'm awake for those. Mm-hmm. It's rare that I sleep through one of those. So you didn't have like, like it literally just came to you. It's not like someone was like, oh, you should like check this out. No. I, it, or you should 21st the series or something. 21st birthday, standing in Monaco, and I'm looking at the grandstand and I'm like, why do I know this? It's because, like I said, everyone kind of knows, like Monaco Grand Prix. Like We're, I feel like... Were people driving on the street? Like, I'm trying to paint the picture. Like, was it, like... I think like it was It was two weekends or? before. Okay. Because I, I immediately looked it up. Standing on the street, right. I was like, when's like, the race? I'm like, is it tomorrow? Because I will be here. <laughs> and I honestly thought that about... I honestly thought about coming back. So where were, like... We stayed in Nice. Yeah. Oh, so you took like, and the then train we took down. the train yeah. in. It's like, what's it like, twenty minutes, thirty yeah. minutes from Nice to Monaco. Yeah. Yeah. I also went to Nice, and I did not take the train, but I I didn't know anything about it at the time. At the time, yeah. Yeah. And it came to me. That's kind of nuts. And here I am. So you watched all of season one. I watched all of season one. And then the 2019 season was going on. Mm-hmm. So I hopped on like F1 Twitter. Um, I started following some of the drivers, obviously my favorites at the time, Daniel Ricardo. Has it changed your favorites? For sure. Okay. Take us back to 2019. Okay. 2019. Your freshman year. Who my, is? My freshman year. <laughs> my freshman year in Formula One. Who is the hierarchy? What is the. Loved Danny Rick starting off. I mean, it's hard not to. Mm -hmm. Netflix does such a great job telling that story. And yeah, we all know they add drama to it. They have to. They're here to sell the story. Yeah. Sorry, everybody, but welcome to welcome to showbiz. I should say. Yeah. So immediately fell in love with this character. I've never seen someone as authentic as him. Mm -hmm. And he's goofy, and I love that. You know me. I'm. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, Max at no. the beginning. And a lot of, everyone I talk to is like, yeah, Max didn't like him. And I tell them, yeah. I say, keep watching. Because I've gotten a lot of my friends since then hooked on F1 or Drive to Survive. Two of my friends right now are watching it. 
And I just so happen to show up when it's on. So I sit and watch with them and they're like, we don't like Max. And I'm like, Mm -hmm. you need to wait. Mm -hmm. You have to remember that he's 19 years old, 18 years old. Yeah. Like, they don't know better. With all the talk. Plus, I think, like, the show might have. Amplified what was going on. Yeah. With the Danny Rick, Max Verstappen, Red Bull. <laughs> they like, needed the bad guy. He needs a complicated figure. Yeah. Who's matured a lot in the last... Definitely. Two, three, whatever years. Two, three years now. Yeah. Really liked Lewis. Mm-hmm. Um, it's hard not to like Lewis. I struggle with people who, like, hate Lewis to their core. I don't I don't get it. Like, Did he... Did you know him before? I knew his name. Because I feel like he gets... Because they cover him less, you know, in, like, season one. I also think Mercedes was like, we're keeping our doors closed. Yeah, them and Ferrari, really. Yes. Or pretentious. And that's another question some of my friends (laughs) asked. They're like, why why haven't we seen anything about Mercedes and Ferrari? I'm like, patience. Yeah. From when I started watching F1 and talking about it with people, Mm -hmm. because, like, I was, my my friend Daniel actually calls me. Daniel Ricardo. Yeah, I wish. <laughs> My other friend Daniel calls me a, or used to call me a closeted F1 fan. Okay. Because I didn't really talk about it the first year. And here we are doing a podcast. And here we are doing a podcast about <laughs> it. And I think it was because, like, I wanted to learn as much as I could. Yeah. Or I was just so intrigued about, like, educating myself on it mm-hmm. that when I finally started to share, I've gotten my sister, my mom, numerous friends that I've gotten involved into it. And then I started making connections of like, oh yeah, like I love Formula One. And Tina was like, my friend Chris, who I obviously know your name, also likes Formula One. Yeah. And so when I saw that like other people in my life were intrigued about it Mm -hmm. and how easy it was for them to catch on, I was like, that's when I got the idea of doing this podcast. We have like one, now two opportunities a year to go and it is expensive <laughs> yeah just to be there in a practice session or whatever do you think that's the main factor though no yeah i think it's definitely a um speed bump mm-hmm. a hurdle i should say no i should keep it speed bump yeah <laughs> we'll keep it cars it's a curb it's, it's a curb. Curb. <laughs> one of those big ones definitely something that I think needs to change but I think what really needs to change first is that we need publicity and more interest in the US Mm -hmm. mainly but also just among young fans most of the commentators are in their 30s, 40s, 50s which is wonderful because they have been in this sport, they've been a fan, they've been a commentator forever. Yeah. But there's no one talking about talking about it in the lens of, hey, we're young fans, we love this, mm-hmm. we want to build a community. We don't, like, you'll never hear me say, oh my God, I hate this driver. Yeah. I like all of them. Mm-hmm. Some weekends, some of them piss me off. <laughs> Let me tell you. <laughs> But I'm never going to hate them. Yeah. I'm, I will never, you know. Yeah. That's just silly. Let's talk about silly season. All the drama has happened 
and I, what, five days? Four days? Yeah. It you, feels like it. It feels I, like 24 hours. It's seriously. Overwhelming. Overwhelming. I feel like last year, the 2020 season, the COVID season, yeah. silly season was forever. I remember like F1, like the Instagram account posted the map multiple times of like who was going to be in what seat next year. Oh, yeah. And I know last year we had... Question marks. Yeah. And I know know last year we had a lot of like contracts coming to an end and like one year contracts coming to an end with rookies. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So we had a couple more open seats, but I feel like these seats this year got got snatched up quick. Yeah. And have been have been rumored for a long time. Yeah. But I want to know how you feel about the Mercedes the Mercedes switch up. So I think Mr. Russell, uh, I think he deserves it. Like I think without a doubt deserves a seat. And if you were to ask me this like last year, I'd be like, put him in the seat now. But I do feel bad for Bottas. Boundary Bottas. Because I, I say it differently every time. I do too. I say Bottas because it's funny. Bottas. Bottas. Valtteri Bottas. Valtteri. Valtteri. I do kind of feel bad for him because I'm like, I mean, he's just a weird dude, but he's like a good guy. He's a fin. And like, he's... He's consistent. He is consistent. And I think what we, I think... What a lot of people underestimate him about him is his his mental strength. Yeah. Because oh, to 100%. be in the second seat, I mean look 100%. at it. Red Bull has gone through three second seats since Daniel Ricardo. We had Alex, no, we had Pierre, we had Alex, and now we've got Sergio. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And this is the first time we've seen a second seat Red Bull be able to compete with max yeah and so like to be second seat to a seven-time world champion Mm -hmm. i think he's probably one of the probably the strongest mentally probably one of the strongest drivers out there i think so too but at the same time i'm like like, he's had a lot of success, but, like, I feel like hasn't taken it in and, like, enjoyed the moment enough. Which, I think you have to be, like, kind of like that to be in the sport. Like, never satisfied, always driven sort of thing. Driven. Formula One. Cars. Drive. Yes. Two. Survive. Amen. <laughs> <laughs> but, like, that's where my heart aches for him. I'm like, you're good. You're good. Like you had a... I'm not saying his career is over, because obviously it's not. But at that level, I think he did an incredible job. So yeah. I'm sad to see him leave, because... Well, I think the politics of the sport got to him. With, like, without his control. Like, it just kind of happened. Um, I think, so it's bittersweet. I think he... Um, got comfortable being the second seat. You think so? I think so. And again, we don't know. We've never been to a race. Yeah. We've never met these people. Yeah. But from what I've read, what I've seen, 
what I've digested, what I've marinated on. And again, like, it could just be, like, his culture. It could be, you know, think about Kimmy. Yeah. You know, they're both Finns. Yeah. They <laughs> they are definitely <laughs> from a different, like, look at them and then look at Danny. Danny Rick. Yeah. You know? Yeah. We love them both equally. Yeah. I love them all equally. Again, some days they piss me off. But... I think he got comfortable being the second seat. But, like, I or just we, keep thinking I would be. Be like, this is awesome. I'm just along for the ride. Yeah. Ride. Okay. All right. Ride. Drive. Drive. Two. Survive. Amen. <laughs> <laughs> if you didn't know, that's what we're talking about. Yeah, I don't know. It's hard to, like, I don't have that mentality of a premier athlete, obviously. So like, <laughs> oh, you don't. I'm not a top caliber athlete. No, I'm not either, though. But I'm, yeah. I don't know. I I feel like he did not enjoy, or it maybe just doesn't express like the highs. Yeah. As much, but. Do you think? Do you think George is going to be able to compete? With Lewis. Yeah. Yeah. I'll be curious to see if if Lewis is going to fall into a I'm here to compete like Kimmy, like I show up, or like Seb. I, I don't even so. I don't even think we've talked about Seb yet. <laughs> we have not. But that's we'll have a whole episode on Seb. I think Lewis is too I think Lewis is like he's in a different mindset of I think he's like striving for perfection. I'm gonna get a couple more. And then I think I'm going to, like, gracefully bow out. I think if Pierre has another winning season next year that he is having this season, mm-hmm. he's showing top results in a gosh darn Alpha Tari. <laughs> Underrated. Underrated. Yuki. We're trying all the. Yuki's cute. I like Yuki. I'm excited. I'm, I'm very indifferent. I'm indifferent. I need to see more. Yeah, I mean... I have no idea what's going on with him. I was very excited when he joined. I was too. And, like, it's just... It's been very average. I don't know. I'm so indifferent, I cannot go one way or the other. I'd like to see more. Nikita? Um, Do I dare? Yeah, we'll go there. We'll go there. Um, Maybe it's just an incredible PR team. It could be. But I think he's mature. Maybe I'm a sucker for the PR, but okay. Again, I I give everyone a little, you know, whatever. It's your rookie season. It's post COVID. Yeah, we're not really in the real world still. Yeah, but like when you look at other people's rookie seasons. Oh wait, are we saying? I'm saying I'm completely changed gears on you. <laughs> I am sorry, but I'm saying that Yuki. Oh, okay. Back to you. Nikita. Okay. Have a lot to prove to us next year. Thank you so much for listening to another episode. Don't forget to subscribe and follow us at Dirty Driving Pot on Twitter and Instagram. Until next time, stay dirty.